Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and we are at the season finale. We just had part one of No Escape. That's what this episode is all about. No other news, no book talked this week. Uh, There is so much to discuss with an incredible beginning to the season finale. We're wrapping it up next week. Uh, it's hard to believe that I started this podcast eight months ago. It hasn't, hasn't even been a full year since the series was announced, uh, but here we are. We are truly in the end game. I've talked about it for weeks, uh, but everything is built up to this. I hope you're all recovered uh, after this emotional episode. I'm going to get into it. Uh, lots to talk about. Uh, the end of the episode will include uh, some discussion and speculation based on what we already know about the season finale about part two. But I'll give you the chance to cut the podcast off uh, if you don't want to know anything about that. Uh, but let's get right into it. Uh, it's episode 19 of season one for Resistance, No Escape Part One, written by uh, co creator, executive producer Brandon Allman. Uh, he's written like the major episodes this season, The Recruit, and I uh, believe uh, Station Theta Black, uh, but he delivered uh, lots of material. Of course, an amazing finish to the episode. Jumping right into it, uh, we get, as per usual, uh, an establishing shot of the Colossus, but one we haven't seen before. It's still submerged. We still have Doza Tower above, but there's TIE Fighters stationed there. We have an Epsilon shuttle. But if you'll notice, the very first thing is not only are TIE Fighters flying in, but Major Von Rag's fighter. He is on Castellon. And I think that will play a part next week um, based on what we saw in the mid-season trailer. But again, I'll save that to the end of this episode if you would rather not know any more. But you had to figure he would show up at the end of the season. Since he was originally introduced as the big bad. Again, I'll get into that. Uh, So after the establishment of the Colossus is still underwater, they go underwater and show us uh, just some really cool uh, examples of some of the underwater life on Castellan. Uh, The other marine life there. Uh, some are bioluminescent. Uh, just, and I'll, I'll keep going back to it. I mean, they took this structure, this station we've seen all season, and they made it completely new by having it underwater and the way it's lit up, and with uh, just the fish and the other uh, marine life swimming by. Uh, very beautiful, uh, but very different. Uh, That was really cool. And it shows uh, as Pyre's uh, warning to the citizens is going on. You know, they show the 
the looting that's going on at the marketplace, as you would expect, and uh, just the total disruption of daily life there. And Pyre is establishing first order law on the, on the station. And as Doza storms into his own office, you know, he points out that they're overstepping, but Pyre reminds him that they were invited there. And I've mentioned it on previous episodes recently, the First Order was just brilliant and calculating in the way they took over the station. You know, getting the help from the pirates to compromise Doza and you know, ultimately rescuing his daughter, but as a cover so that he would agree for them to have a presence on the station. And week by week, it just got exponentially greater to the point where they are in control. And again, Doza had to storm into his own office uh, to protest. And it came to a head here. Uh, of course, Doza's not happy about, even though he surrendered, Yeager uh, being arrested threatening to report uh, this to the Republic. And Pyre had a great quote. He said, uh, we're well beyond the Republic's reach. Fortunately, they are not beyond ours. We know what that means, and we're, we see it 20 minutes later. Um, but the, the great reveal, even though she, we had seen the weapons earlier in the season, uh, we got to see 4D in action. Um, she, I mean, she held her own against the stormtroopers until Pyre took her down. Um, I think that makes. I mean, we we got all the way to the finale, but we had our first casualty amongst the regular recurring characters. Um, you know, it was sad to see her go, but um, she had a very very cool scene. It's a good time to mention Pyre. Um, you know, when they introduced the series, yeah, and I, I mentioned it just a minute ago, Von Reg was advertised as the big bad, as the Red Baron, and he's had some very great scenes, but Pyre has just solid, solidly become the big villain of the season. Um, I mean, you saw him, uh, you know, at interrogating people at the marketplace the first time but he has become the one in charge and he's the one who's wrested control of the station and of course we know that since we're in the same timeline the phasma is off um, with Kylo Ren doing their stuff and it's set up Pyre to uh, take charge and I mean, we, we still don't know what's going to happen next week, but I I hope he survives so that he continues to be the big bad. And also, um, might he be in episode 9? We don't know. There'll be plenty of time to speculate on that. Uh, but just a very strong opening scene. Um, Doza's arrested. Tora saw it, so she can spring in her own little plan into action. And then, more outside shots, it's very beautiful again. Then we're down in engineering where Kaz and Nico are hiding out with 
the Cheladai and with uh, Kel and Ayla and Bucket. Um, and then it, as Kaz is making his plan to rescue Eager and the others and to take a shuttle for help, go to Hosnian Prime, come back with reinforcements, uh, there were a couple of quotes that really stood out with me. Um, Niku said, you know, the Colossus is our home. And then, you know, Kel said, we can't save them all, can we? Referring to the citizens of the station. Um, it set up what we find out later about the hyperdrive. I mean, I'm jumping the gun. I mean, you've seen the episode, if you're listening to this, so, you know, I'm not, you know. Even though all season I've kind of gone step by step through the episode about what my observations were, you know, I still understand that you've seen it, so... Yeah, I mean, the hyperdrive, uh, I mean, that was the big reveal of the episode. Uh, I'll talk more about it later, but... As I rewatched it and made these notes, yeah, they, they set that up. The Colossus is going to stay their home, possibly. Um, you know, if they get it to take off and, you know, take it to their next destination. Um, so, yeah, they... If that happens, they can save everybody by keeping them on the station. They don't have to rescue them. Uh, the objective now is to repel the First Order. But they don't know that yet. Um, and we get more with Tierney and her manipulation, as Yeager said, of uh, Tam. Yeah, as much as I talked about all season about Tam possibly being the First Order spy, um, I mean, it's yet to be seen. There's still an episode to go, but, you know, what we found out from her that, I mean, she really felt that she was deceived by Yeager and Kaz, even though she, you know, she's shown the hologram of Yeager confessing, but it was, you know, to protect Kaz. Um... And then later on, when she's you know, offered to be, be a First Order pilot, yeah, I think, if this is the way it turns out to be, and that she's not the spy, but she was just a pawn you know, who was never told the truth and then found this opportunity with the First Order, if that's the route she goes, then that's incredible character development for her and not what I expected. Um, so there's still some guessing with you know what's going on with her. Maybe she'll reject the first order next week. Um, maybe she will turn out to be the spy. Um, but what we've seen out of her in the second half of the season has been just really great. I'll probably say uh, you know next week will be of course a huge episode, uh, r wrapping up everything. Uh, I'll do a s season review in a couple of weeks after that. Um, yeah, the second half of the season, Tam has become a very interesting character. Um, so we'll see what happens with her. And Tierney, I mean, she, you can tell she's, like, frighteningly manipulative, but she's so sweet when she talks to Tam. And trying to make her see the way of the First Order. I'm sure that's what they had to do with all the people they recruited in. 
you know, if you're not familiar with the backstory, it's it's available in other media, but the stormtroopers were taken from their homes. They were, you know, modified or manipulated since childhood to be these stormtroopers and, you know, subjected to conditioning and mind wiping as they talked about a couple of episodes ago. You know, in some ways like back in the days of the Jedi, you know, when they would discover these children as force sensitive and take them from their homes at a young age, the, the same thing happened with the stormtrooper army. And probably the same sort of techniques to make them feel comfortable with that, what Tyranny is doing to Tam. Again, great stuff. <clears throat> now, you know, at this point I'll mention, you know, the same sets we've seen, like, just last week even, with the lounge at the Aces uh, level on the tower. And then uh, right after this we see Tor's bedroom. You know, we're looking out the same window we've seen at different parts of the season, but there's water out there now. It's not sky. And so, it, you know, it required them to change how the rooms are lit. Um, the colors went to more of a, like a deeper blue. Uh, just beautifully done. I, I, I've tried to credit them all season on uh, the, the art and the animation. But to take... Once again, you know, the whole season has taken place on this one station, on this one ocean planet, but they have found all these different ways to present it, time of day, different weather, and now to show what it would look like underwater. I mean, that's that's just incredible, and, you know, it's made the show very dynamic, uh, even though it's been a one-location show very much so. So... You know, again, I'll, you know, next week I can, you know, give all the credit to everyone involved, but just beautiful animation. Um, moving on to, okay, so we get to that new room that we haven't seen before down in engineering where uh, they can, <clears throat> as it turns out, control the uh, turbines and... Uh, control the, the doors and everything. And so the stormtroopers are in there trying to figure out what to do uh, to get the station raised again. And my favorite creatures from this season, the Chelidae, there's one of them in the doorway just waving, making their noise. And I, I love the stormtroopers' rea stormtrooper's reaction. Oh, it's one of those things again. And, and then the, the great visual gag of he goes out, goes out to check on it. The door's closed. You hear the scuffle. And then he's gone when the doors open up again. So the two stormtroopers go out. And as the door's closing, you see the, uh, the third one thrown at them. Uh, yeah, just great visual representation of that joke. Um, and good use of the Chelidae. Yeah, uh, you know, I said it when they were introduced. They're, they're, they're definitely my favorite new species on the show, but I mean, they've become one of my favorite species in Star Wars. Very dark crystal-like. You know, you could easily see them in a live-action presentation. Uh, but with Frank Welker's uh, masterful 
use of sounds for their not, not their speech but just the way they they act the animation the music um, it's kind of slowed down when they're around yeah they are so much fun uh, so anyway uh, Kaz and Niku are in the room so they can initiate the plan to open hatches as they need to for Kaz to get to where he needs to be to rescue everyone. Um, so then, <laughs> oh, the uh, the blowfish deal was so great. Uh, Niku wanting to use code words, so it's blowfish one, blowfish two, and Kaz is like, "We are not calling each other blowfish." Um. Yeah, that was just so much fun. Uh, I wonder if those names will come into play later. I'll get th get to that at the end. Um, and our favorite barfly is still in the bar, even though Aunt Z is hopefully safe on Takodana. Now, you know, keep in mind, since Hosnian Prime ha happens at the end of this episode, the attack on Takodana has not yet happened, so that means Aunt Z arrived with hype on Takodana before all that went down. And if you've seen Lego Star Wars All-Stars, you know, Maz had an adventure right before Han and Rey and Finn showed up, so uh, maybe no, no, that might have been right before she left for that mission that Aunt Z and Hype showed up to meet her. So anyway, uh, yeah, the bar flies there. He's still having his drinks. But he sees Kaz and CB-23 just swimming by. And then, you know, later on, when the, storm tr uh, the scuba troopers are shooting at them, he's like, no, I've had enough. Um, and I, I love that scene because it's a nice callback to... Was it the high tower when, you know, Kaz is trying to get away from the stormtroopers and uh, he's, you know, he's about to fall off, so Anzi's taking bets on whether or not he will fall. Again, it's the same location we saw earlier, but just underwater, and it it, it felt new. Um, but you know, we were familiar enough to know, like, okay, that's you know, that's same place he was at. And you know, the gag of, you know, Kaz realizes he's seen by the scuba troopers and he tries to hide behind CB-23 even though it's not going to work. Um, yeah, good good, good humor here. Um, uh, especially, you know, make it a little more lighthearted before it gets really, really serious. And shout out to the scuba troopers for looking awesome. As Bucket's List pointed out, it's a callback to the clone scuba troopers. Uh, yeah, just a really cool design. Is and you know my son was asking as we were watching it. You know how can they shoot underwater? I said, well, the lasers, you know, will will still work. Um, so you know they had their modified weapons and everything. And uh, also, uh, you know, this part of the episode was a good way to teach him about um, like pressurization and you know getting water out of the pipes and all that. Because he was asking me, it's like, you know, what, what does the pressure pressurizing mean, and you know how they, you know, how they're shooting the troopers out of the, the ports, and so I said, well, you know, yeah, you know, I kind of, kind of explained it. So, 
you know, like with um, back on the core problem, you know, he was asking about like the gravity well and you know how they were coring out the planets. So it's it a great way to talk physics with them. So that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, he's 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 been intrigued by stuff like that. Like I know it's not a Disney show, but um, on Nick. Junior, there is a show called Blaze and the Monster Machines, and he learned about um, angles on that show, and they do physics and math all the time. So I think he's, um, you know, he's kind of got that mindset. But yeah, he he asks he asks a lot of questions when they do um, stuff that involves physics like that. So those, so thank you to the creators for making it educational, and giving us a chance to have a conversation about it. That was really cool. Um, now, um, and I, I forgot to write down who to give credit to for this, but it was pointed out on Twitter that um, you know, Niku and Kaz having to figure out uh, the pressurization and the pipes and all that to um, help him out is a callback to uh, the story that was in Star Wars Adventures 17 uh, when Niku was basically giving Kaz a primer on the importance of um, uh, dumping out the pipes and you know avoiding flooded areas and all that, uh, a little foreshadowing there. So that was cool. Uh, the overall underwater fight was, was awesome. You know they they made good use of you know it, it seemed realistic. Uh, you know how what it would be like to fight underwater. Um, yeah, especially if you've got like a droid who has motorization and you know the weapons would just kind of float away and you'd have to go after them so everything you know was cool and realistic so that, that was nice uh, so Kaz is fine and I cannot believe that I went through the entire review last week and forgot to mention about Kaz's wet hair look that everybody went crazy for when we saw the mid-season trailer. Uh, it, you know, emo Kaz or uh, whatever you want to call him. Uh, you know, they had to animate the hair differently when it's wet, and it's it's back after this um, this action scene. So, um, you know, got got to give credit to them for giving Kaz's new look that uh, that everybody likes. Um, you know, Niku's still referring to him as uh, Blowfish, and then, you know, Kaz calls him Buddy, and Niku loves that, and, you know, he recognizes that as, as a term of endearment, you know, and later on it becomes Buddy 1, Buddy 2. Um, I'll, I'll just mention it here. You know, I, I've long held the theory that... You know, one form or another, Kaz um, would go off and join the Resistance proper. You know, maybe that's season two. Who knows? Uh, but I wondered, like, <clears throat> if he took along any of the Aces or, you know, other pilots, you know, would they form their own squadron? Would they have a name? I, I, I think I've said on the show before, I think, it, you know, they might do Colossus Squadron to honor where they came from. It, they might be Reaper Squadron uh, because of uh, oh yeah the Beepo episode um, when they pulled up the old Clone Wars ship 
and Kaz recognized it from Reaper Squadron. Since that def that squadron is defunct, maybe resurrect that name. Uh, but then I started thinking this week, uh, you know, what if Niku got to name it and it turned out to be Blowfish Squadron? Or, um... Or even Buddy Squadron. Uh, that was just something funny I thought that might happen. Uh, we'll see. So then, the big reveal to me of the episode, when Niku is excited and wants to see what else they can do in that master control room, uh, Ayla points up, and then Niku says that there's a hyperdrive. Um, I, I guess that we, we there's been speculation about it, and we've thought about it. Um, you know, I thought for sure they would raise the station before the end of the season. And, I, you know, I've talked on the show before, I thought, well, maybe, you know, Kaz will go off on his missions, um, take some of them with him, but, like, maybe Nuki would stay behind as the caretaker of the station, or something like that. Um, but now it opened up the possibility that it will be a, you know, a flying battle station, or like a headquarters kind of a deal. Um, trying to, th you know, yes, they have the supremacy and the first order, you know, Snoke's command ship, which, I mean, it was basically a mobile command center because, you know, they could dock Star Destroyers. They could build, you know, walkers and stuff within the, the ship. I mean, obviously the Colossus isn't that huge, but, I mean, it could resistance perhaps um, if they get it if they get it in the air we'll see there's still another episode to go uh, I did love the the scene with flicks and Orca. I had been wondering where they had been because um, we haven't seen them since dangerous business when Kaz was left in, in charge um, so yeah their plan to just pack away and live on puffer pig bacon until uh, they got picked up and sent off. Um, oh, it was nice to know that um, Flix's mother is on Talavar. I wrote that. I was writing the, the planet name down, and the, the, my baby grabbed the, my pen, so I wrote it really badly. Yeah, uh, so Talavar is where uh, his mom is. Um, yeah, that was... That was cute. At least we got kind of a resolution with them about where they've been. And, of course, Bidey and Glenn are there. So, you know, their, their group's good. They're just kind of waiting it out. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was neat with Buggles this week. Uh, very Lassie-like that, you know, Tora would send, uh, send her to find Kaz and then bring her back uh, to where Tora's hiding out. Um, I wrote, Seldor is cool. Yeah, sometimes I don't, when I'm going through and I'm making these notes, you know, I just kind of write whatever, but... Oh yeah, that's when, um... You know, you get the scene with Eager and Tam in the hallway. Um, but then Eager gets thrown into jail with uh, Doza. But, but I thought it was a neat effect that they have... You know, kind of a force field cell door 
and it, it was, I mean, that was really good animation that Yeager, you know, he's putting his hands on it trying to test it out, and then, like, the the palm print stays there for a few minutes, a few seconds before it goes away. Um, yeah, that's really cool technology and really good animation there. I like that. Uh, you know, I've talked about, you know, what, what's going on with Tam. Um, you know, she's given that offer in the hallway uh, a little bit later on. And it was interesting to see their, you know, kind of like when they were, you know, arresting people and taking them away on Bespin in The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, you know, Tam, you know, she's still got stormtroopers behind her as she's being led down the hallway and with Tyranny, and then um, you see another group of stormtroopers, uh, Jace Rucklands being led away. Uh, wonder what's up with him. You know, he had been working for the Aces, but um, I, I could see him cutting a deal with the First Order. Um, so Cass meets up with Tora. Uh, I, I do like the callback to Secrets and Holograms when they had their adventure in the incinerator room. That That's Tora's plan to get back into the tower, uh, to go through that area again. Hopefully it, well, they didn't even make it in this episode, but, you know, hopefully it had been, um, not the day uh, scheduled for incineration. Uh, but they are discovered by uh, the Baldroid uh, from the First Order, and then we get Baldroid fight. Again, it's like BP-8 did it in Dangerous Business. It's cool when CB-23 is swinging down and just banging into the other one, and they're having their little fight. No, what's it called when uh, people keep it on their desk with the balls? And it's, it's like the perpetual motion thing. Uh, that's what I was thinking of when uh, CB-23 swung down on him. And she had a pretty good plan for uh, getting him to fall down the, the shaft. Um, so he's out of the way. Um, yeah, and... Um, also another good callback, uh, when they're going down the hallway trying to sneak around and then the First Order Stormtrooper uh, catches them and says, uh, halt. And then, you know, Cash just grabs the gun and has it backwards. He's like, no, you halt. Uh, it made me think of when they were on the Death Star in A New Hope, trying to escape and then go around the corner. It's like, it's them, blast them. You know, there's just that pause where it gives them a chance to fight back. Uh, so it made me think of that. Um, so, you know, Kaz getting a little bit better with a gun, even though he's holding it backwards. Um, and then we finish up the episode as, you know, Kaz and Tora are still sneaking around. They learn about Starkiller Base, they hear the name, and then we get the recreation of Hux's speech. And... I mean, I think anybody who's seen the episode knows how emotional this got. You know, Kaz has to watch the destruction of his home planet. Um, and that's, that's the cliffhanger. You know, we're moving on to next week. Uh, well, let's talk more about that last scene, because... And I went back earlier today, and I had done that 
final preview episode where you know like I collected all the information we had about resistance the week before the first episode and um, you know that's where they you know had told us okay that the series takes starts six months before the force awakens there will be overlap so that's when you know we started to think well you know we're gonna you know is star killer's base star killer bases attack on Hosnian prime in this season i thought it might have happened before now so that we could get more overlap with the movies but no it's here and just from a technical standpoint and it was actually I didn't want to retweet it or anything because, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen the episode yet, but uh, if you go to uh, the account is at Reed Star Wars, R-E-A-D Star Wars, they posted a side-by-side -side comparison of the animated version of Hux's speech in the attack and the footage from the Force Awakens. And, I mean, they recreated it exactly. Every little nuance. Um, yeah, it was just incredibly well done. And not just because we have... This time we have the, emo the emotional stakes because, you know, that's where Kaz is from. And we don't know what happened to his parents. And, you know, he watched his home destroyed. I mean, that was powerful enough. But, I mean, it was just way more frightening in this animated form. Because, you know, you see the entire speech and you see the stormtroopers there captivated and giving their salute, giving their salute again when it hits Hosnian Prime. I mean, yeah, everyone involved with the show made it much more powerful than it was in the movie. And admittedly, in the movie, we were still trying to figure out what all was going on. Um, and plus, a lot of people were confused about where they were hitting. You know, they had not mentioned the name Hosnian Prime up until then. You know, a lot of people thought it was Coruscant because of the architecture. They thought it was you know, another city planet. I personally thought it was Chandrilla because... I had already read the first Aftermath book, and then in that book they established that uh, the New Republic capital at one point was theirs. So I thought, oh, it's Chandrilla. So no, it was a new planet, Hosnian Prime. So, you know, there were questions when we were watching the movie for the first time, which we've since learned. But, you know, we, if you're a viewer of the show, they have just spent this entire time building up that, you know, that's where Kaz is from and his father is a senator. And, you know, they've been investigating, you know, something that the First Order's been up to. And then it all came to a climax with the reveal that they built a superweapon planet that could wipe out his home and supposedly kill his parents. And so, I mean, again, kudos to them for building this up after so long and creating just a damaging 
emotional into the episode. I still buy into the theory that Kaz's father is a First Order conspirator. Uh, Jonah Marie Macias uh, brought that up on her Culturess article a while back. Uh, we discussed it on the mid-season review. You know, I just keep thinking back to that first episode, and I even rewatched it recently. You know, when we the first only time his, his father's been on the show, it was a garbled transmission for security reasons. So we heard him, and we heard how like opposed he was to Kaz joining the resistance. He called them extremists. I was not happy at all about it. But I think there was significance to the fact they didn't reveal what he looks like. That I think there may be a point, maybe not this season, but there may be a point, you know, Cass is going to assume they're dead. His parents. You know, I could easily see there's a point next season where we meet this new character, we see him, don't know who he is, and then Kaz, you know, says, Father? Or something like that. And then we, you know, they bring back the, the same uh, voice actor uh, to play him again. And then it's revealed that, you know, he was in league with the First Order and they made sure that he was evacuated before the attack. Um, that there, there was, they're the kind of war profiteers, uh, you know, referenced in The Last Jedi and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, that's the episode review. It's a little, it, on its own, it's, it, it's a great episode, but, you know, it's, it's the first of a two-parter. So we're going to get the rest uh, this Sunday. And there will be so much more to discuss once we get the conclusion to the season. Um, but again, kudos to Brandon Allman for writing uh, this. Christopher Sean delivered an amazing performance. I mean, he got to have his fun and hijinks at the beginning of the, the episode, but he had to deliver, you know, just very emotional, heartbreaking performance at the end, and he did it. If you think about it, the the last three episodes, he's ended the episode with completely completely different emotions. You know, two episodes ago. Uh, when he, the, Kaz was being arrested in Yeager's garage, you know, it was more of a shock. And then last week, uh, the determination of we are the resistance now, and now the sadness of losing his home. So, just tremendous range for Christopher. I mean, he's a great actor. We know the. Uh, you know, I saw him on Hawaii Five O. Personally, haven't seen him on Days of Our Lives, but there are people who you know, followed his work for a while. And yes, he is very deserving of the accolades for what he's done. And again, I'll give credit after the season's over. But everybody gave a great performance this week. It's probably my favorite Josh Brenner uh, performance as Niku this whole episode. Um, but that's, I think that's all I have to say. Again, there'll be plenty more next week. 
so that ends the review of No Escape Part 1. If you would like to cut off the podcast now, that is fine. The remainder will be totally what is coming next week, based on what we saw in the mid-season trailer, and also um, that commercial that aired when this episode was shown that gave away some stuff for this season finale. So if you don't want to know about that, or if you'd rather go in a little more fresh, um, uh, feel free to enjoy (laughs) the rest of your day whenever you're listening to this. Um, Again, all my episodes are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Radio Dakar. I'm on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Radio Dakar. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you're still with me. So I did go back and rewatch the mid-season trailer just to see, you know, what's left? What haven't we seen that will probably show up next week? And as it turns out, um, a shot of Niku activating the hyperdrive, like a beam goes from that base in that room up to the hyperdrive. So I'm guessing that's the initial activation of it. Um, There's a cutaway where he says, hit it, Kel. So... You know, I don't know what the exact sequence is, but that's when they seem to be at least attempting to to get the hyperdrive to work, or the boosters. Uh, so we, we should be seeing that. Uh, there's a shot of them flooding a compartment to trap the stormtroopers or get them out of the way. But most of it is there's going to be a the Battle of the Colossus or whatever uh, between the Aces and uh, the First Order TIE Fighters. Uh, You see Yeager participating. There's a shot where he's in his personal um, racer uh, being chased by Von Reg. Um, So that's mostly what was left from the trailer. So we do know that they're going to attempt to raise the station. I think, well, actually, based on... Like, there's a shot of a TIE fighter crashing into the station, and it's above water, so I'm thinking they probably raise it, raise the station, that way they can launch the aces and have the, the, the fight, and I'm guessing that's when they would repel the First Order, and uh, the day is one, and that's the end of the season. So, um, yeah, it's... It, it should just be an action-packed last 22 minutes of the season. I cannot wait for this. I'm, I'm going to have uh, like a 5-10 to 10 minute episode Sunday where it's like an instant reaction, just off the cuff, no notes, just talking about what, what happened, um, what I think is going to happen next. Um, but that is that. Uh, if you're satisfied with that, uh, feel free to cut off the podcast now, but the, I will end the episode itself with talk about what we saw in that commercial for the season finale because they gave away something major. Um, if you're still with me, uh, this is the last thing I'll talk about. Final warning, so we don't give anything away. So, besides some of these shots I've already talked about, we in the commercial for next week's episode they showed 
there's a group shot I'm looking at it now so I can describe it there's a group shot in what I would assume is Yeager's shop the fireballs there Yeager's ship is there and it's Bokeevil, Kel, Ayla, Griff, Freya, Tora, Kaz, Niku, Yeager, Bucket, CB-23, and all the ace droids. And they're looking out, outside the hangar. And then they showed the opposite angle, and they're, they're in hyperspace. So, you know, I don't think it's a tease where that shot is them, you know, right after the station was raised and they're getting ready to launch their attack. No, I think they have already left Castellan and are in hyperspace. I mean, that shot is in the, that commercial, and I really can't believe they gave that away. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, we knew they would probably go to hyperdrive, and I thought, well, maybe that will be the very last shot of the season, is the Colossus jumping. Uh, to, you know, are they on their way to crate? Are they, uh, you know, Leia last week made the reference. I'm sending you the coordinates to our new base. Was that crate? Was that one after that? And they had to stop at crate because of the first order attack. Um, there's just so much. Uh, we don't know about that. I'm guessing they will leave the destination unknown until season two. But so, based on what they showed us, that means that. Well, Dosa's not in the shot. You don't know, like, is he in the tower? Does he die? I don't know. Hype, of course, is not with him. I mean, he's on Takodana or somewhere else. Maybe he's with Maz. But that means that all the aces and Yeager survived the finale. And I would assume that everybody in that room has made the decision to join the resistance. So, I mean, that's a pretty major res revelation. I, I didn't know if all the aces would decide to join or if some of them would, be, would you know, die in the, in the battle with the First Order. But that seems to be the indication that they defeat the First Order, they repel them from the station, and then they leave Castellon. Which goes back to the lines they had at the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the episode, that... The Colossus is our home. We can't save all the citizens, can we? Yes, they can, by taking their home wherever they need to go. So does this mean that the Colossus becomes the new floating resistance base? Will it be in Episode 9? Who knows? There's going to be so much to speculate upon after, the, after next week. Um... But that's, that, that's just what we know, based on what they showed us. Um, I've talked long enough. There will be so much more to talk about next week. <sighs> I'm, I'm, ex I'm exhausted because this episode, I mean, it just had so much, and there's so much more to come. But the show has just hit its stride. It, the second half of the season especially, it's just gotten so great. Um... But I'm happy uh, we have it. It's going to make episode nine even that much better. But again, there'll be there'll be plenty of time to talk about that. But I am done for for this. Uh, thank you for joining me. 
Uh, thank you for sticking with me to this point if you've um, not minded the spoilers. Uh, again, um, drop, me, uh, drop me a contact on uh, social media if you have any questions. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to tuning in next week uh, for both the instant reaction and the full episode review. And there will be a season review coming up after that. Until then, catch your breath. Get ready for a, an amazing finale. May the Force be with you.